Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast, and welcome back to our Watch Club for Marvel's Secret Invasion. Let's finish this. Welcome back to Watch Club. My name is Nate, and this is our Watch Club for Marvel's Secret Invasion, Episode 5, titled Harvest, directed by Ali Salim. If you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, uh, but it's, trust me, it's way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and the MCU in general, so if you haven't watched this week's episode yet, be sure to do so, and then come right back in a snap. Uh, now, before we go any further, we do want to remind you listening that we here at Geekcentric support the Writers Guild of America and the Screen Actors Guild and American Federation of Television and Radio Arts as they strike to get the contract they deserve. Without incredible writers and actors, we wouldn't be getting all these incredible stories that we love so much that help us to escape into fantastic worlds or give us, you know, heartfelt moments that provide us perspective uh, about the people around us or even mirrors into our own reality that allow us to look inward and reflect on how we can collectively do better. And that's what the WGA and SAG-AFTRA are looking for, studios to do better by them so they can keep making these stories that we love while supporting their family. So if you want to support the actors and writers of the things that we love, you can do so by checking out the links in our show notes. Now, before Gravik gets too upset, let me introduce you to my fellow Skrull joining me today, beaming down once again from way up high, we have a Donald, a Dudley, a certified doctor, a Dapper Dan, a Dale, a Dexter, and always a delightful young man. He's Darcy the Green, loving Hudson. When you say Dexter, I immediately go to Dexter's Laboratories. That's what who's I was this, hoping for. Who's this yes. murdering serial killer guy? I don't know anything about that. <laughs> no, me, no. Don't worry about that. Give me the scientist. <laughs> yeah, a little, little tiny scientist. Is he? Does he have an accent? Does he not have an accent? We, you know, we were talking about that. Uh, in the Recently, car on our way to yeah. Oppenheimer. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, um, you know, speaking of, of scientists and, and Oppenheimer, uh, you know, Barbenheimer weekend uh, is upon us as we as we record this, and so we're coming out a little bit later uh, than we would have wanted to. We just got a little bit tied up in uh, in the the Barbenheimer festivities. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, definitely check out our, our Oppenheimer review. And, uh, I'm, I'm hoping at some point we'll get to talk about Barbie. I'm sure we'll, we'll definitely, I'm sure we will. Yes. Be talking about with, it at some point. With, with the hockey summer coming to a close, you got me calling it now. I, I'm finally on board at the end We're of it. There, I'm sure we'll, we'll look back on, on something we maybe didn't get a chance to go out and see early. Very good. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Um, but listen, Darcy, you know, this show takes place a lot in London. Uh, London, England, uh, by the way. Uh, and that reminded, not London, Ontario. Uh, that reminded me of when we went to London uh, this past April for Star Wars Celebration. And it got me wondering, you know, if you could harvest harvest any of the DNA, you know, I think the question of like, oh, if you could have a superpower, come on, we've done that a million times. But if you could harvest the DNA of any superpowered individual to specifically make a, a cross Europe trip more enjoyable. Whose DNA juice would you suck down? I have two answers because one is, of course, an MCU-based hero, and one is someone who has not yet graced the presence of the MCU, but has been in a movie. And I'm ready. Uh, so first off, I definitely go Quicksilver. I mean, Ooh. super speed to me means traveling is done in a flash or like over in a second. So yeah. that I feel like would 
cut out a lot of time and, and you know, some of the, the down parts of traveling through Europe. Uh, or, of course, going an even easier route, I'd say Nightcrawler. Let me teleport around this yeah. place. Like, there we go. Yeah, I think I think Nightcrawler is a, a pretty, you know, sort of, that's my pick for whenever anyone asks, like, what do you want your superpower? If you had a superpower, what would it be? Um, I think, yeah, teleporting, duh. I think Nightcrawler, I actually like that answer more than Quicksilver because I don't like to run. And so I feel, <laughs> I feel like even though it's super speed, you still have to, like, exert yourself quite a yes, bit. Yes, but also you have a higher metabolism. I mean, you can eat all the delicious Ooh. foods across Europe too and then not even have to like worry uh, about that. That's almost just fuel for your trip. Like, Do you know how much Stroopwafel that would be in <laughs> in, uh, in, in Denmark? Um, yeah, I think, I think you know, um, for myself, I, I was going to say Nightcrawler, um, but I kind of also enjoy the commuting part of traveling across Europe. I think the train... Uh, the is train really, system is wonderful over it's there. Really it's wonderful. nice going through the countrysides, I will yeah. say. Um, so I think for myself, what I didn't enjoy about Europe was just how damn expensive everything was and how like, you know, we would see a price. And I remember, Darcy, I would be like, oh, $100. That's not bad. And you're like, Nate, yeah. that's euro. <laughs> euros. OK, remember, there's a difference. There's a big difference. And um, so I think for myself, I would take and, and he has graced the screen within our MCU. Uh, I would take Professor X's DNA uh, for mind manipulation. And I would just met Jedi mind trick all the people. Like if we go to the Lego store and get an exclusive set or something, I just like, <laughs> I've already paid for this. And they're like, you've already paid for this. And they just give me a bunch of free stuff. But then you wouldn't get the Lego points, man. No, you know what? I would, <laughs> I could convince them to get me, you know, put it somehow onto my account. I don't know. I would, I think I would just sort of make everyone, you know, give me free stuff. And, and if I was feeling generous, maybe it would be a greatly reduced price. Cause sometimes, you know, you're traveling across Europe if, I, if it was like a street vendor or something like that, I would want to, you know, support them. Um, but I was thinking uh, if, you know, and this is something I wouldn't even have to steal DNA for. But we, I think we've talked about this before, um, is I would use that now Professor X power to convince uh, Pym, Hank Pym, to give me some Pym particles so we could shrink down our purchases and fit them oh, that would be into, ideal. you know what That'd I mean? Even so Terry, imagine even your suitcase is just in your pocket. On your keychain. Uh, yeah. Again, that's not DNA, though. I mean, you couldn't even steal that power. You have to make, you'd have to be friends with Hank Pym and, and go or, in the mind route. Or just go into his mind and melt it. And I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyways, before we get attacked uh, and get a plastic bag put over our head, causing us to reveal our true form, let's get into this episode. Uh, we kick right into the hospital as we see Nick Fury attempting to tell an unconscious President Ritson to not trust Colonel Rhodes. And I'm like, dude, he can't hear you. He's completely unconscious. But, uh, you know, whatever. He stops. Uh, he stopped by a nurse telling him he doesn't have clearance to follow them. Kudos to that nurse, by the way, for going up to Samuel L. Jackson and saying, you don't have clearance. <laughs> and his face when he does like he's like, oh, like he looked like such like a. I don't know, like that, like a really upset teenager or something <laughs> like that. I'm like, he's just very frustrated. Um, and so he grabs a seat and he sits down with his gun. Uh, and he's he's just like sort of sitting there blocking the entrance, which very you know, close to the doors, like way too close. close. It's one thing to sit and guard them. But like, yeah. if those doors open, he's getting hit by them. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, he's not the like there's got to be other patients that need to access like go through that door you right? think i mean it's a hospital they're usually pretty busy places right it's not just a president's hospital but um one thing uh to note we we do see in the background they are reporting on the attack uh, on the president and there's like a ticker that says that aliens 
helped save the president, uh, which I think is great for for scroll human relations. Like, oh, these aliens, they're like, and, and but at first I was kind of thinking like, this is going to be huge news for the public because they're like, you know, aliens exist. But then I started thinking, I'm like, no, 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 no. Aliens have been a part of the MCU for yeah. years now. Yeah. That's not a new thing. Um, so, I, you know, for the people within the MCU, it's probably just another Tuesday. Yeah, I think so for sure. What I find interesting is the fact that that, that ticker says they helped save because later on you can see Gravik trying to almost cover that up. And it just seems weird. It's like there's already people believing that they helped save. So why are you all of a sudden going to try and flip the table saying they were against him now? Or, right. It's, it was very odd for him to make that decision if it's already public com- like knowledge that they helped. Right. They would like, have had control over what was said in that situation, right? You would imagine. Maybe, maybe they don't have the news waves in Europe. It's only in America that they have a newscaster on the council. I don't know about maybe? that. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> they couldn't I be the president, know. so they went to the newscaster. Everywhere else they have the higher-ups, so they don't have to worry about the news. There's a few things in this episode, and, and we'll talk about them, that that are just like something changed in the writing. Something mm-hmm. got mixed up or messed up or, you know, they had to scale back. Maybe this series was supposed to be longer. Um, I remember, um, you know, uh, shout out to our friends at the movie podcast uh, who also, like our own Justin, interviewed Kingsley Benadir and uh, and and he, he said that his favorite episodes um, were, I think he said three and seven. And there's only six episodes of the series, so but he's and he's like, oh, I meant I meant six, I meant six. So I, between some of the stuff that happens in this episode and that comment alone, I'm just you know. Anyways, yeah, we'll we'll talk about, about that. Yeah, we'll, yeah, weird. we'll talk about it. Weird. Um, so we then jump back to New Scrollos, com, uh, the New Scrollos compound, where we see Pagan, Gravik, Beto, uh, and the woman from previous episodes that just keeps getting focused on getting out of a car. And Gravik asks them to assemble the operatives, and they all meet up with Gravik uh, addressing them. Pagan tells G, I love how he's like, yo, what's up, G? Uh, that he should <laughs> he should be proud of Gravik, uh, or sorry, that, that he should be proud. But Gravik rebukes his statement uh, by reminding him that the president is still alive. Pagan says, Fury never trusted you, and starts to doubt Gravik. But just as he does... Gravik stabs through Pagan using his Flora Colossi powers, uh, and he reminds him that uh, that you know none other uh, sorry none of the other Skrulls have a face. They don't have a name. You know they're just they're just they do as he says. And he commands that woman uh, that again they keep focusing on to send uh, send their people out to Devara's house uh, to kill her to get the job done. Uh, Beto looks at Gravik a little longer and leaves, uh, and he's kind of all like frustrated and upset obviously um and uh and as he does gravik tells rava you know as as Rhodes, to inform the president of the scrolls living in russia to coerce him to have the u.s military attack he explains that this will be used as leverage for fury um as fury doesn't want to see you know both world war three uh or innocent scrolls dead so darcy pagan is dead uh and gravik has gone full cult leader uh, at this moment in time um you know we see that gravik is is just as frustrated with the outcome of last week's episode as we were um but uh, <laughs> but here we see he's gotten you know sloppy what do you think about pagan's death uh, and gravik's sort of shift in the plan i mean i feel like pagan was that was kind of an unceremonious death for the character it felt like they were building up to have him like have a confrontation with gravik and this is certainly not how i was expecting it to end and you yeah. know that 
that question of where there are more episodes now leads me to wonder like maybe you would have seen one of those one of the, more of this confrontation in an earlier episode that they just decide to take scrap or you know just leave on the cutting room floor because yeah, it does feel like it does feel quick i mean i get that he's he would be mad at him for what happened yes. with you know when he was on the ship or whatever and he just sort of sent them into that that mission knowing that it wasn't actually happening with the whole missile thing but ah yeah no i don't know i feel like you're right i, I feel like there there could have been maybe a little more uh of a, of a build-up to lead to this sort of pop if you will yeah yeah for sure because it doesn't it doesn't have that the satisfying like oh the this was the 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 final straw or whatever this just kind of seemed to be the last straw of the only one i mean there was a bit of dissent earlier on but we saw pagan as very you know uh, he was very faithful in his following of gravic and thought he was doing the right thing and we didn't even really get to see that faith unwind at all to lead to this you know outburst or whatever i think gravic's losing it honestly again the fact that he's scrambling now and trying to say frame these scrolls after again that little ticker tape saying they helped it's like so the public already knows that they helped and now you're going to try and say the other like who who are they going to believe like that yeah. just seems like a weird thing to go now yeah i mean at this point it, it feels like he's not even he doesn't really even care about his his own mission like it just feels like he's just he just wants to kill and just wants he wants to be stronger and, and it. will do anything to get that power yeah yeah and it's unfortunate because again i think it one of my favorite aspects to to maybe how we initially saw Gravik and and to you know some of the the better villains in the MCU is when we can sort of be on their side. Mm-hmm. We can see their perspective and and understand. And I think that's where this series was definitely starting. And again, seeing him as a kid and he lost his parents and all this stuff, I I, I do think that yeah, the, the I think this whole uh, back half of the the season uh, or this series does feel a little undercooked. Uh, mm-hmm. If you will, and I think that might be what's sort of leading to this sort of really quick shift in, in the characters. Um, I will say I do have a scroll secret for this moment, but I'm going to hold it till the oh. end of the episode. Okay. Um, involving a character that I I did mention in that last description, um, but I I also um, want to mention this is the first time that I really noticed Pagan's Irish accent, especially when he says the harvest. I was like, I was like, I was really, you know, between the Australian Talos and and you know uh, an Irish accent. It's just, it's kind of nice to see that the MCU is not just relying on, you know, like most of the time in movies, it's like everyone's British, just every single person. It, yeah, is it's British. all all from one location. But yeah. at least this one seems that they're they're kind of shifting it up a bit, bringing from around the world, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Let's keep going here. Uh, we then see Rava as Rhodey being an absolute dick. To that nurse, like just like horrible, like like where's the president over here? Uh, oh, this, like, you're, yeah, you're like is they're just letting this information go to anyone. It's like no, she's trying to help. Like, anyways, uh, she enters the hospital and she's accosted immediately by Fury as he holds her at gunpoint and says she must be out of her scroll ass mind. I love that line. Uh, if she thinks that he's gonna let her get anywhere near the president, Rava tells Fury that in sixty seconds the footage of him killing Maria Hill is gonna play on every news outlet uh, and fury tells rava to tell gravik uh, he's coming for him uh, and she responds with tell him yourself um so you know i think one of the weird things that sort of stuck out to me in this moment was why do you think the footage of fury killing maria hill would 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 upset so many people like i is 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 fury well known enough throughout the mcu outside of the avengers that like people would be upset because when i think of 
Like when I think of a band, like I would think of the Avengers, like I guess you could look at the sports analogy of like, well, people that follow sports know the coaches of the teams. Oh, it's like the manager of the band. Or right. Like yeah. That, and like, which... I don't think of the manager of the band. No. So like, would people, you know, who, who love Hawkeye and Captain America and, and, you know, uh, Black Widow, would they really think of Nick well, Fury? See, the thing is the fact that he works for the government and like works specifically in like the secret ops department or like area. Yeah. I feel like him being known would kind of go against his whole job description. Right. And I feel like the same would re- relate for Maria Hill. So if anything, that I feel like most of the people will be like, oh, that's just some guy shooting a lady. Right. In Russia. Okay. I don't understand why it would be like, I think the only thing, um, like, I, I guess it's just, it, it, I think the only thing that I could think of would be that Fury might, I guess, be worried that some of the Avengers who knew Maria Hill might try to confront him about it if they were to see something like that. But maybe I, I it feels like more it was going for like, you're going to be public enemy number one. And it's like, I don't get that because he, sh- no one should know who he is. Right. He's a spy. That's kind of his whole like MO. So yeah, it seems weird. And yeah, like, no, that one should was know very who Maria odd. Hill was. A very odd threat. Really, really strange. Um, but I mean, I, I guess like, again, I think, I think, if anything, it's it's Rava getting into Nick's uh, to Fury's head, right? It's, it's sure. trying to say like, you know, this is a horrible thing. People are going to think you're horrible if they see you on the street. They think you're a killer or whatever. But um, I will say, regardless, Don Cheadle's performance as Rava is still phenomenal. I love the line. Uh, so TikTok Nick. And just the emphasis on Nick. And it's just a wonderful <laughs> Nick slip, but it's purposeful at this time just to dig even further into uh, into his hatred of people who, you know, aren't his wife calling him Nick. So I, I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we get to see a scene that I, I absolutely love, mostly because Olivia Coleman is in it. Uh, and we jump over to London uh, to see SIS director Derek Weatherby watching the news of the attack uh, on President Ritson and how Talos was involved. Uh, and even though he he tells his assistant to send Sonia away, she enters his office anyways and holds a gun up to his head, demanding he tells her the location of Dr. Rosa Dalton. After he asks her if she's lost her mind, she shoots him in the leg through his hand in order to reveal his true colors. She reminds him that the, the SIS has no official policy on killing Skrulls but that she uh, she does have a personal preference and that uh, if he doesn't, if he wants to find out what that is, or if he doesn't want to find out what that is, uh, he should start talking. So uh, a big reveal here that, that, you know, she's been working for a scroll leading the SIS this entire time. We, we, we saw this face back in episode one. Uh, and again, you know, what a delightfully terrifying uh, woman uh, Sonia Fallsworth is. What did you think of this moment between Sonia uh, and the director? I, I loved it. Again, she's one of the best parts of the show. Every scene she's in, she's uh, just delightfully horrifying in, in <laughs> yeah. all the right ways. You you are afraid of her, but want to watch more of her no matter what. What I thought it was interesting was the fact that this scroll clearly maybe doesn't wasn't a battle like a, a warrior. He was more just this politician or or something like that because. You think a, a fighting a warrior scroll would have the the wherewithal within them to be like, oh, I'm not going to shift my hand because of a little pain. Like I can keep right. my my true the, this the shell on. Okay, just the one hand slipping was just like, okay, that seems a bit weird to be like, oh, look at that. Maybe if she cut off his hand, I'd understand it turning back to a scroll hand. But 
I don't yeah. know, just a shot. That was where it's like, okay, you're again losing kind of inconsistent with what causes them to turn. Well, I think we, you know, the the scrawl, and I'm I'm forgetting his name now, but in in episode uh, two, when she cuts the finger off, you know, like it's not like the rest of his arm starts to, to exactly. change. It's so just what fell off that goes back. He's so. clearly, you know, a warrior. Where you're right, this this guy, this scrawl, whoever it is that's that's portraying uh, Derek. Weather, Weatherby, um, you know, director of the SIS. You can tell that even in his human skin, he probably hasn't really had to do too much mm-hmm. uh, as leader of the SIS. He's just he's he's directing people, uh, hence the the job title. Um, mm-hmm. But dude, when she blasts him in the leg, like I was just floored. The look on her face; she's smiling as she does it, and not worried for one moment that she's wrong. Like not even a a, a doubt in her mind. And I, I was sitting there, I'm like. How did how did she know he was a scroll? Like how long has he actually been a scroll? You know, did mm-hmm. was he a scroll? Was he a scroll this entire time, or was he maybe recently? You know, shifted out, or I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the other thing that this still doesn't rule out is that she herself uh, isn't a scroll because we learn at the end of the episode that she does take over as head of the SIS. She takes his job, um, so maybe that was part of her plan to sort of take over that position. Um, and this was like a convenient way to kind of add that to the the, the plan. To I find don't the know. Dolphins. I don't think we're going to see any scroll infighting outside of you know Vara and um, Gaia going forward. Right. We haven't been introduced to anyone else who really is on their side. I feel like for the most part, it will like anyone following Gravic believes in Gravic to a certain extent, of course, as we'll we'll get to it later on. Yeah. No. I think I think it's um. Yeah. I don't know. I I still just. There's so many moments in this episode where where there's like, like it's like really obvious hints. So it's like maybe it's too obvious, but like uh, later in the episode, she says like I can be whatever you want me to be and all this stuff. And like at, near the end, she's like uh, anyone could be a scrawl or something. And I'm just like uh, maybe, um, but I don't know. I think it would be fun regardless of whether she is or isn't. But um, yeah, and then yeah, the CUV news station is the same uh, news outlet that we saw. Uh, in a previous Disney Plus series in, in uh, WandaVision, actually, uh, in the Sword HQ, which I thought was kind of a neat little tidbit. Uh, back at the compound, Beto confronts Gravik, saying he's a little confused as to why Gravik killed Pagan. And I thought this was, like, brutal, because he's, like, starting to address it, but then he's just like, oh, I got a phone call. And he just, like, stands up and <laughs> walks by Beto and just takes the call from Rava, uh, confirming, uh, you know, Rava confirms she'll she'll handle the president, who's now awake and out of surgery, uh, and as soon as the the call ends, Gravik gets hit in the back with a sledgehammer uh, and attacked by Beto, Xerxu, uh, and a few other Skrulls. They try to stab him uh, and suffocate him, and in the struggle, he reveals his true Skrull form for the first time in this series, or at least his true adult Skrull form, because we did see him when he was a kid. He manages to fight them off with his Groot arm. He stabs Xerxu in the neck, uh, and then in front of everyone... He slices Beto's throat. So, well, um, craziness. What did you think of seeing Gravik for the first time in his adult scroll form? And how do you think he's going to keep the loyalty of his people? I mean, I knew he was a scroll, so it wasn't really surprising to see his sure. scroll form. I, yeah. I got to say, seeing his ruthlessness, I think it was more like he was very close to dying there, being choked out by the bag, and, and he just needed to focus on surviving and couldn't hold that shell form or anything like that. So, yeah. I mean... Yeah, ruthless fighting from him. He is a force to be reckoned with with all these powers. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they manage to take him down or, or subdue him in the finale because 
clearly he he has an upper hand against anyone who he fights. So. Well, this is the thing. I'm like, uh, you know, I, I I agree with you. I think though, like five regular skulls, I th- scroll scrolls skulls, five regular scrolls. I think on one super scroll, and like they made him bleed. You know, like we mm-hmm. we see drips of purple blood on the inside of the bag, which was horrific like he must have been coughing up blood from that that impact with the sledgehammer but mm-hmm. you know I, I i'm wondering if if in the finale we see the scroll uh people you know come to fury's aid right even though he never kept his promise they still you know sort of are the better people and 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 are still grateful for the attempt because this feels like it's leading up to this like one-on-one fight and i'm just like fury you were limping at the beginning of this series how the that's why i feel like the one-on-one fight might be between gaia and gravik oh because gaia is the only one who also has these powers right so he's she's really the only one who could stand a chance against him that's my thoughts at least interesting i mean yeah again we'll have to see like the only thing that i could see happen like if gravik can find a way to convince the other scrolls to be like, hey, I'm gonna give you a little more power, but you have to be with me. I, I, I don't, don't think know. he's. I don't think he trusts anyone enough to do that. He, no, he's like Fury, where he he doesn't trust anyone except himself. Type thing. So yeah, yeah, and well, yeah. and the only other thing I will say is he did the the scroll. Um, uh, what are they called? The council. Where did that Where did that plot line go? Yeah, yeah. They just, it's like okay, I'll give you powers, and then they just dip. And it's like, okay, did they get powers? If they're or, back in the well. new, maybe I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe that's how they continue on after Gravik dies. Maybe some of those characters are going to go on to be Super Scrolls in the MCU, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, so then we see Fury sneaking into the Brixton Community Center that we saw in Episode Two, and Gaia confronts him, and he explains why he chose that location specifically as a safe house for the Skrulls. Uh, and as he begins to explain why Talos died uh, and the the path he chose, Gaia interrupts him, saying he died, and nothing will come of it. Uh, Fury uh, mentions that Talos told him how she survived her execution and asked what DNA Gravik actually stole. Uh, she mentions the samples that we knew of and, and uh, you know, says that he, he only took those because he couldn't find what he was actually looking for, something called the harvest. Uh, and Gaia requests to bury her father and Fury rem- uh, recommends that she meets with uh, Priscilla, uh, Vara, his wife. Uh, and as he hears police sirens, uh, he leaves for Finland. Um, so... There, there was a, a, a sequence in the trailer, and I think we've even talked about this in, in uh, previous episodes of Watch Club, where we do see Gaia crying over uh, a body, which we assumed would have been Talos' body based on the location that it's in. And then we got confirmation that that was the exact location. Um, but we don't, that sequence never happens. So, you know, why do you think they, they cut that sequence out? And do you think, um, you know, do you think this was a, a better way to have sort of, cleaned up this this plot line i mean i feel like we could have seen that that scene still because that would answer how Gaia got the body because that is another big question that's kind of raised by that because we saw right. a bunch of cops coming to the scene at the end of the last episode so coming to arrest fury for murdering someone they don't know who it is like, i don't know it's yeah very, it was very weird way that they ended off that last episode to not show us how that body was recovered or anything like that to lead into the scene with Gaia. so i thought it was it was odd. Just very, again, a lot of odd things happening in this episode. I, th- I don't know how many times I've said it, but I, I, it's been a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, and like not odd good, right? Like not, no, not yeah. odd good. Um, I think the this scene was whack. Like, like at one point Fury just says, like, Talos told me how you survived your execution. When? 
when at what point in time did that happen right like when when did when did he learn that Gaia had extremis because the last time they talked they had a big fight and she even says in this episode the last thing i said to him was was um you know I, I can't quite remember the exact line but it wasn't it wasn't i hey dad i got extremis powers um so like yeah. unless she mentioned it to him like what i trying to even think of when that would have happened i i couldn't tell you cuz again they they don't give you enough of a timeline where these characters could have interacted before that scene on the bench. Unless yeah. she told them over a text, which seems like the last way you tell something of that, like, you know, the, how much meaning or impact that, that, you know, revelation will have be like, Oh, by the way, I, I had to take a stremis cause he shot me as I was leaving. It's just like, like, what does that even that's mean? Not a text. That's a conversation <laughs> yeah. you have face to face that we were missing. And it's yeah. odd. No, <laughs> it, it's, it's super, it's, it's, it's just felt really messy. And I think, I think that this episode may have sort of given us like a, a very clear indication of the fact that there definitely were cuts to the story and mm-hmm. um and 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 that there were you know big changes that had to be made to this season. And so, you know, on one side I look at sort of our our critiques of the previous few episodes and and probably this one um and and sort of look at it as as well, you know, Maybe we're a little bit harsh because they they were trying to do their best with maybe a decision that uh, wasn't within their control. Oftentimes, it has a lot to do with you know sort of uh, studios or or you know I know there were this this was filmed and, and probably some of it was produced during COVID. So you know I, I'm sure that there was something that that was or there were a lot of things that were out of their control. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I don't know. I think I think they're the critique is how they is how they addressed it. And I don't think they did it a, a great job. No, um, really. So then we see Sonia sitting in a lab owned by the Daltons. Uh, and as they walk in, Sonia confronts them with a lovely, hello, Skrulls. And I just, I love that moment. Cause they're just like, what the fuck is it? Uh, and <laughs> as she uh, has her special forces team uh, hold them at gunpoint, she questions Dr. Rosa Dalton uh, about the machine Gravik was using to transform himself into a super Skrull. Uh, as SIS team members carry out totes full of research out of the lab, uh, Sonia informs the Daltons that she's going to have the you know the the place torched. Uh, frustrated by this, the male scrawl impersonating I think Mr. Dalton breaks his handcuffs and holds Rosa at gunpoint, saying he'll kill her if Sonia doesn't let them go. Sonia quips about the males in her species uh, as <laughs> as well, and uh, before she fires a single bullet into his scroll head. Uh, so this series, I think, has to be the most violent we've seen uh, an MCU Disney Plus series, at least. What what did you think of this, this purple blood-soaked end for Mr. Dalton? Again, just reinforcing how much I love this character. Sonya is amazing, yeah. and I want her in every MCU project going forward. Move over Nick Fury. Ooh. Hello, Sonya. Like, Whoa, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. He's just, she is incredible, and she steals every scene. I love... Just the way she handles the situation, walking in there, knowing she's going to, you know, come out with the upper hand because she's got the team place surrounded, even though they weren't the quickest on the uptake of, for that. Like, just every scene she's in is a is a win for me. So more of her would be great. And just, I think the way that they, it kind of goes to show that not all the scrolls are the diehard believers in, in Gravik that we thought them to be, because clearly they want to stay alive. So maybe that's why Rosa is more interested, like, more inclined to, to help Sonya, whereas Mr. Dalton just took a bullet to the head because he would die for Gravik before letting any secrets get loose. So, yeah, and I mean, you even see, yeah, like clearly he's he's 
that's not actually his wife. He doesn't actually really care. They're mm-hmm. they're they're more like um like like work partners, I guess, if anything, or or you know, they're 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 agents that work together. Um mm-hmm. I, I do I will say though, as much as like yes, I absolutely love her. I, I don't know if I'd want her to necessarily uh replace Nick Fury, but I will say if we got a Nick Fury and and uh and and Sonya Fallsworth team up against Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Woo! That would be like imagine all three of them chewing up a scene together would be so cool. Uh and I, I really hope it happens. I hope that Sonia uh more maybe becomes more the like the European Nick, Nick Fury. Fury. Like just yeah. anything that has to happen. Someone in he's Europe. working with in Europe. Yeah. yeah. So he can, you know, I think he's gonna after this series, you know, if he doesn't die, he's gonna want to take it a little bit easier. Uh, on himself maybe and so maybe she starts to fill in a little bit of that that role mm. um but yeah what a fantastic interaction i love how she mentioned the line of uh, you know i can be whoever you want to be and and i would just say this uh if i was in the mcu i'd want her to be my bestie for sure <laughs> i think she'd protect me quite a bit but i think this moment you know i think this I, it's funny because disney you know you're not used to blood and 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 this level of violence i think personally um even within the mcu but i think i think this is disney getting away with it because it's purple blood mm-hmm. but also maybe starting to set up audiences for what's to come in deadpool because i'm sure deadpool is not going to hold back and if that gets popped onto the disney plus you know after it's been out in the theaters and they they put it onto the the streaming service if it's in the same category as all these other Disney Plus shows, I think they maybe they're trying to get audiences aware of the fact that, hey, we're going to have, you know, I, I, more your kids might not be able to <laughs> to, to yeah. watch this. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we then join Gaia as she meets with Vara and requests her help to bury, bury her father. Um, more on that in a moment because we, we quickly cut to Rava informing President Ritson uh, about the, the Skrulls compound in Russia. And he requests that the U.S. bomb uh, the U.S. bomb the facility. And Ritson reminds Rhodey that a strike on Russian soil would mean World War Three. As this is happening, Fury receives a phone call from Gravik, updating him on the plan, uh, demanding he bring him the harvest in person, and telling him uh, to bring some iodide pills. Uh, do you know what iodide pills are, Darcy? Uh, all I know is that it's used for purifying water. As okay. far as I'm aware, I okay. that's what it's used for. I, I'm not sure. Anyways, he, he says the reactor room can be a touch aggressive. So I was wondering if it had something to do with like for for your head or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but as Fury boards the plane, this is this is crazy. Uh, he's met by an, uh, none other, none other than Rick Mason, uh, who's not surprised by the fact that Fury currently has an Interpol red notice out for him. So. Do you think that there's more? This is now the second time, Darcy, that we've we've gotten a reference to Black Widow, a pretty big reference to Black Widow with a full ass character showing up. Uh, do you think there's more than meets the eye to all these Black Widow references in this series? I mean, honestly, kind of giving credence to Kevin's amazing right? theory, which I would love. It, I mean, as soon as Mason popped on, I'm just like, I know him from somewhere. <laughs> what do I know him from? It's MCU related. What was he? And it took me a while to be like, oh, he was the tech guy in Black Widow who got her where she needed to go type thing. I, I loved it. Yeah. It was a fun return. Yeah. And again, just made me think back to Kevin's theory. And it's like, oh, maybe it is true. I'm just now, saying, dude. On the topic of Ritson and, and uh, Rhodey's conversation there. Oh, Rob's, sure. Yeah. Uh, conversation. You could tell Ritson doesn't really trust Rhodey because Rhodey, when Rhodey's just like, I'd rather another war before facing these things or whatever. And it's like, 
Ritson has worked with Rhodey before. Rhodey is always going the diplomacy route before pulling out the guns. Yes. It's kind of his thing. He's yeah. been through war and doesn't want to fight unless it's absolutely necessary. So so to have this guy just being like, bomb them. It's like, this. that's not Rhodey, Rhodey's way of thinking. So. No. I feel like Ritson's onto the onto them. I, I think you're absolutely <laughs> I think you're absolutely right, uh, Darcy, and I, I think that is going to lead to the end of Ritson in the next episode. Uh, I think mm. they have to address how because we're you know we're getting a Harrison Ford president, um, you know, in 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 Thunderbolts or, or not even in Thunderbolts in in Captain America. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, what is it called? Brave is it Brave New World now? I think. Um, it's not New World Order. Anymore. No, yeah. So Brave New yeah. World, I think, is the yeah. new title, right? So, yeah. so they they've got to explain a reason as to how Ritson, you know, unless he just isn't put back in office, and that there's a timeline difference here or something like that. Maybe um, I think I think to what you were saying though, I think maybe his speculation is what gets him killed and mm. is what gets us ultimately to uh, to to Harrison Ford in office. Um, which I think it would just be great in our real world. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but no, I, you know, I, I, I really enjoy OT Fag Benley's character in Black Widow. So it was nice to see him show up again here. And it, it makes a lot of sense for him to be connected to Fury in this way. I think, I think this is a better, I think it's, it, this is a better way, uh, much like the flashbacks in the previous episodes that the show ties itself into the MCU at large. Mm-hmm. I think the plan with Gravik and the, the DNA harvesting stuff, I, it's fun and we're going to geek out about it and talk about it and speculate. But I, sometimes I feel like, and I, I know this isn't like a, a, a new concept. I think a lot of people that have had criticisms over the MCU, um, you know, for, for much longer time than, than I have with this, with this show or with the second mm-hmm. back half of the show um, would tell you that, Marvel is is getting in its own way a lot of times uh, by by really forcing the connected universe stuff uh, on their their series, and I think you know there are times for that, and and there are times to scale that back. And I think this show could have benefited a little bit more from really kind of focusing in and and sort of scaling back, and 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 again, maybe they they, they it would have worked better with an extra. 40 minutes um you know of this show maybe they would have had a way to sort of massage it out a little bit more so it doesn't feel like it's forced um but but i i just it's not it's i'm not feeling it i'm not feeling it um i don't know i i will say though uh boston red Sox uh hat i i get it maybe maybe mason is just a boston red Sox fan but dude it's a hat with a b on it okay black widow <laughs> Okay, Black Widow. The hat is black and red. I'm just saying, like either Marvel wants us to remember that Black Widow, you know, that that movie even happened because of Thunderbolts coming up, and you know, Yelena and and Red Guardian are gonna be there, and they're like, remember, this is a a character that existed, and this is a you know a thing that existed. But yeah, maybe Kevin's right. Maybe Natasha Romanoff is still alive. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. Um, okay, we finally get to see Gaia mourning her father and Vara reminds her that Talos, you know, wasn't much for, for pageantry. Uh, as, as an offering, Gaia places down Soren's wedding ring uh, as Vara recants a skull, a, a skull, I keep saying skulls, a scroll prayer. Uh, <laughs> shout out to both actresses here for speaking the scroll language so well. It reminded me a lot of, uh, especially when Amelia Clark. Dothraki. Dothraki, right? <laughs> it, it sounds very Dothraki. Um, so, you know, she's got a lot of, of, of you know experience with with other languages in game of thrones but um we we then see that she uh 
she gets into a bit of a at first it's a nice conversation and then it turns into like a heated conversation with Vara about her relationship with Fury uh, and if Fury would ever get lost you know watching Vara in her own skin and Vara takes really great offense to this comment um, but as they move on in the conversation a bullet explodes the teapot on the table and the two scrawl women go into action mode rocking backpacks filled with guns uh, and after a pretty violent fight they managed to fend off their attackers so i think darcy this was a much much improved action sequence what did you think of gaia and vara's conversation and also this this violent well choreographed action sequence i mean the conversation was interesting i do think it was weird how how offended uh priscilla got at the mention of like if uh, Nick ever stared at her in her own skin. And it's like, I feel like that'd be an easy question to answer. If you're trying to, you know, defend the man you love and then he did, you think she would say yes, no problem. Or at least just be like, no, but I don't want him to, uh, to make him uncomfortable because I love him too much. Something along those lines. Yeah, I, um, well, I'd, I think, sorry, I just, I, I think though it, it's, I think there's a controversy amongst the scrolls that this series is, is, is painting for us of, how much they, how much of themselves should they have to sacrifice in order mm. to live on Earth? And I think with Gaia being younger, you can see she has a more progressive outlook and, and, and doesn't believe that they should have to change, right? That's yeah. the whole reason she got upset with her dad earlier. And so for her to make this comment, I think, made sense. And I think, I think it's a really interesting conversation. And, and I, think, I think the reason Vara reacted that way and is so sensitive to that idea, I think, I think it's because she thinks that, that Gaia is right. She's afraid that to admit that Guy is right, and what would that mean for any semblance of a relationship going forward with Nick? Mm-hmm. Well, I also was thinking back to the fact that she said she she got this shell from someone who was passing away and like was promising to you know love and everything like that. I was yeah. wondering if that was attached to her. Uh, like how connected she is with the the character of Priscilla or the person who was Priscilla before her. I'm right. wondering if that played into it at all. Totally. Going on to the action, mm. though, I, I, it was incredible and it, it makes sense. These were people who were working with Fury to be his spies and you'd think they would have training capable to handle themselves in any situation. So it was, it was really neat to see them bust out the stuff. And again, it's believable. It's Fury's wife. Of course, she's going to have guns in her yeah. you know, laboratory with all her <laughs> uh, botany stuff around her. It's like, and guns. And guns. Just in case. You so never cool. know. <laughs> so cool. I mean, I think it's, it, it reminded me a lot of like, you know, it's like your it's like your super spy house. Like it did remind me of mm-hmm. the parents in in Black Widow, right? Like of 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 Red Guardian and and I can't remember Natasha's mom's name. I'm sorry, um, but I I think you know for me I I almost certainly uh, crapped my pants with that jump scare. Did that hit you? The bullet? Like did you did you get did you get it or did you it didn't get it didn't phase you? I I didn't get me. I wasn't. I guess not. I don't know. It was just like I was expecting something to happen because like this conversation is going on too long. We yeah. know people are after Vara and she was waiting for someone to show up. So it's only a matter of time. I was not. And and I, this was for me. It felt like it was out of nowhere. Kudos to the sound design. Um, the action is it was great. I think it was awesome. You know, pretty brutal kills too. Like some really, and again, like especially the aftermath when they're just sitting there. Yeah. And there was just the guy Hanging. dangling in the window. Yeah, <laughs> and like there's like the the blood splatter, like again, you know, kind of spurting out of them. And again, you look you look for a second, it looks red, but like if you look closely, it is purple. It's purple. Yeah. So like okay, Disney, but um, but no, like the shots to the stomach and the overall choreography. Like I love the the back to back. 
you know, backpack shot of their, you know, it's kind of circling around these two badass women just working together just to go, you know, unleash on these attackers. It was, was great. It was great. Great stuff. Good job on the action in this sequence. Uh, so then we see Fury using uh, a widow's veil. Ah, another yeah, reference <laughs> to Black Widow. Uh, and he's sneaking through customs as a man named Johannes Karhonen. Uh, after I don't know if that was the right accent. After making it, uh, after making it into the car uh, with Sonia, uh, she asks him why why only the widows why, or why can the widows veil only change his face? And he mentions that it's the old version, but there's a newer version. There's a new iPhone coming out uh, that can purpose you know you can actually change someone's entire body. So quick stop there. Uh, again, something about this uh, does play into my scroll secret. Um, so I'm going to wait to talk about it, but like Widow's Veil, Darcy, like, come on. The connection is great. I'm just, when you said there's one that can change her whole body, I, I made the, the leap to be like, okay, wait, is this how they bring back Maria Hill? Okay. Okay. Put, put a, put a pin on that. We'll get put to a pin it. on that. Okay. I, 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 I threw the dart and hit correctly there. <laughs> you hit it. You hit it. Okay. Um, Sonia plays some dope ass tunes playing Audacity by Storm Z. <laughs> and I'm just like, how can I fall in love with this character anymore? She's so good. Oh, 294 kilometers from the Russian border. Fury explains to Sonia that Rhodes is a Skrull. Uh, he also tells her about the harvest and how there were a team of Skrulls that were sent in to collect the harvest after the Battle of Earth. And that the team was led by Gravik. Uh, now, during the conversation, Fury mentions Carol Danvers specifically. Darcy, why do you think he singled out that name in particular? Because she's Earth's mightiest Avenger. That's kind of the whole thing. Yeah. So she's she the is, strongest one. She's the she's most got powerful. She's the, the quantum force contained within her. No one else can, can you know, come close to that. Even with the Hulk being as strong as he is, Carol Danvers could put the Hulk to sleep in a second. Totally. So. Okay. I mean, I think, I think that makes sense. I think she's, yeah, she's realistically, she's the, she's the most powerful. Plus she has a history with the squirrels. So they would be someone that they'd want to use to you know, kind of bring her down. That was exactly like that. what I was thinking. Like, I think both Fury and Gravik, like Gravik especially would know of her. Like she's the reason that he's technically still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, So that would make a lot of sense that that would maybe be the first sort of, yeah, power that he would think of as you know the harvest um but we're we'll, we'll get back to that in a moment here finally fury and sonia pause in front of one of his many grave sites and she asks him uh why he hasn't called any of his special friends he says this is a personal fight for him uh, and not the avengers he leans down and breathes on his grave which unveils a secret vial of what we assume is DNA. It's it's DNA. Uh, Fury enters a tomb to grab a new jacket and a fresh eye patch uh, and then makes a phone call and tells the person on the other end, let's finish this. So, two things here. Whose DNA is in the vial? And who was he talking to on the other end of the phone call? Before we get into that, though, I gotta sure. say for building up this whole spy thriller and this is supposed to be one of his dead drops or, you know, a safe house. I don't understand why he needed to keep everything in a separate grave or like tomb slot. That was one of the most ridiculous <laughs> scenes where he's pulling one small thing out, like yeah. his eye patch, pulling out of a giant grave that he's got again, everything could have fit into one yeah. and didn't need this high tech stuff. It could have just been smash it open with a rock, right. get yourself out and go. Yeah. That was very odd. Ask the DNA. It's, I don't know if is it one person or is it a lot? Because right. again, one vial, and I don't understand how easy it would be to be like crack that, pour it out. Now we have X Y Z of all this DNA. Like, right? I don't think it'd be that easy unless it's an MCU 
just explain away or their science is strong enough they can you know detect it from is, a drop is, of water like, i'm not or a something. scientist so like is it okay to put a bunch of dna together and then it, extract it like that... the thing is you, it would be mixed together right. on a microscopic level so unless you have some way to sort through it I which maybe know. they have because again they have giant flying suits of armor and what? ai and all this stuff <laughs> yeah so i don't know maybe it is possible it was that was weird you got to think it is maybe, maybe this is the Maybe this is Carol Danvers. That's why he brought her up because that's what I was thinking. She's the most powerful, and like the name drop, maybe... the name drop happens, and then two seconds later, vial of DNA. Here we go, vial. Yeah, it's clear though. Like the the it, the bottle was clear, so like I was like, is her blood clear? Is it her sweat? Is it a hair? It, it must be like preserved in something because you do need to preserve DNA or it'll break down. So that's maybe that's just during the preservation process, it was rendered mostly clear. That's probably it. Okay. Okay. Um, and then, you know, at the end, he might, you know, it's, it's, it's likely that he's talking to Gravik. I mean, we got the phone call from Gravik earlier in the episode, so maybe he just clicked the button to call the redial, the redial <laughs> button to call him back. But I think as to who he's actually talking to falls into my scroll secret. Darcy, are you uh-huh. ready for my scroll secret? Lay it on. My scroll. Whisper with me, Darcy. Nope. Secret. You're not going to get me whisper it. Secret. Nope. Oh, that's enough. Oh, I'm Darcy, and I'm saying secret. That's, Thanks, that's Darcy. So my scroll secret uh, that I've been waiting <laughs> this entire episode to dig into here, um, it all has to do with that woman, that damn woman that keeps showing up in these episodes and says nothing, says no words, but she's constantly around Gravik. So my thoughts are uh, this episode featured two badass women, and I think this whole series you know, we talk so much about how much we love Sonia. This whole series is focusing on badass women in in Fury, you know, in and around Fury and, and Talos. I think that because of that, either she's Soren and she's planted herself inside the compound this entire time, and not for good reasons, but for reasons that are maybe morally ambiguous. She's not necessarily a good character by the end of this series, but she's also not a bad one. But she stops Gravik um, and, and in the end, maybe. Or with the Widow's Veil 2.0 just casually thrown into this episode for some reason. Oh, yeah, there's, a, there's another version, by the way, audience. Um, that <laughs> woman who doesn't speak is none other than Maria Mother Flippin' Hill. Because she seems like she might be, you know, the the sort of the 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 right hand to Gravik now that Pagan is gone. Mm-hmm. And and you know, we've never seen that woman shift into a scroll. We've never heard her talk. Maybe the Widow's Veil 2.0. They don't got the voice mod working yet on it. I don't know. They can do it in Mission Impossible, but not in the MCU, apparently. No, they did it in the MCU. Did they do it in the MCU? Yeah, okay. Black Widow uses it in the oh, yeah, 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 second yeah. Captain America. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. Okay, okay. But I don't know. She, for my theory, she, she doesn't talk. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't talk, so maybe she can't talk. Um, and I think the, the, the person on the other end, I think Fury is talking to Maria Hill. And, you know, she's she's been there the entire time. And he says, let's finish this because that woman is just getting too much she's getting so much screen time and she's so close to gravic and and if you notice it was her pagan and Beto in the car with gravic at the beginning of the episode and she's the only one that doesn't end up dead 
I mean, that would be an incredible way to bring her back. Because even if you think about how she got into the compound with the widow's veil, it could be a, like a flip of a button, and she just looks like a scroll to get in, and then resumes her form to to you know become one of these these soldiers or warriors. Dude, that would be incredible. I also like the Soren idea. Yeah, both are very tasty secrets. Thank I you. Will give you that. Thank you. I really hope. I really hope I'm onto something with these. I, I personally, like, don't get me wrong. Shout out to Soren. I'm sure she's a wonderful or, or was a wonderful woman, uh, Skrull. But, but um, I, pr- I would, I, I think I'd prefer it to be Maria. Well, especially because yeah. Kobe Smulders has been a special guest in every episode. Oh. So it's like, okay, maybe, maybe she is. Just be. we don't know it. I like be. it, and I think it would be really. I think what would be really cool is if we spent and and again this is where like it's such a simple decision writers to to get us back on board for the finale of this series to just give us Maria Hill back like it's like it's mm-hmm. the dumbest if you really think about it from a fan perspective it's like at fan service thing it's like you know what we took her away and then we're gonna give her back yay this well, especially because we're like, like we were all like don't give us talus back that would be too it would yeah. be too much we just got guys yeah. like now, now we're saying please, please give us maria hill please but but <laughs> it'd be cool if that's, I, i'm on board because i think what would be really cool about that is that is that this entire series we've been looking at fury and and we're like he's he's three steps behind he's not usually three steps behind and by the end of it, if he's actually still three steps ahead, would just be so freaking dope. It would be the payoff that would make that would make me feel a lot better about this series. Right. That's for sure. I hope so. I hope so. But if it doesn't happen, and and the season, you know, I'm not going to hold it against the season finale if that if that's not the case, and my my fan theory doesn't come uh, true. But uh, but listen, let's get to our overall impressions of this episode and our final score, which we're going to be rating on a scale of one to five. Fresh eye patches, Darcy. Go ahead. <laughs> So this, I did enjoy this episode more than last week's. Uh, that is to say, that's not saying much though, because last week had some of the sloppiest writing and decision choices uh, of the series so far. Yep. And this, this is a, a slight improvement. Maybe that's just because I love Sonya so much that she, mm-hmm. we got so much of her in this episode, and her interacting with Nick Moore just brings a smile to my face. And like I said, I, I want to see more of her. That's for sure. Um, the action was great. Again, some of the the graphic stuff. That's where they're they're losing me. Is that they've kind of lost the the path that they originally set out with this character, and now they're maybe they're they'll explain that in the last one where it is just all about power for him, and he he kind of forgot what he was fighting for once he got a taste of that power. Sure. Again, if they explain that away in, in, a, in a satisfying way, maybe I will come around on his character. But to me, that is the biggest uh, negative of the series so far. Is that he started off so strong and seems to have so strong kind of lost everything that made him so char- like so scary and, and imposing of a threat. Now he is just your typical MCU baddie and it's mm-hmm. just like it's a bit disappointing. So on on that regard I'll be giving this one a 3.5 out of 5 fresh eye patches. I'm right there with you. Yeah, I think this uh, yeah, this was an up uh, this was an improvement for sure. I think the flow of this episode worked a little bit better. Um the the action sequences obviously we we keep bringing that up. I think two badass characters getting their time to shine in an action capacity um, was awesome. And, and obviously they, we know, we knew they would have the skills for it, but it was great to just see them flex those muscles. I think the addition of Rick Mason in the show for just that brief little moment was a cool nod to the greater MCU. And I think it's a reminder that that character still exists. Um, Mm -hmm. If it's purposeful or not, you know, hopefully we'll find out someday. Um, But I thought the interactions between Fury and Rava while brief this episode were still great. And then, like you were saying, any moment with Sonia Fallsworth on screen, Olivia Coleman is so outstanding, and I was so happy to see her featured more in this episode. So I think that brought up 
a lot <laughs> for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all that being said, the the narrative here being clearly affected by by reshoots or restructuring of this this series. Um, I think the fact that Talos's body was wrapped up clearly meant that the funeral scene, um, you know, was was something that maybe they weren't they they weren't actually planning on having it like that. Like you know, obviously Ben Mendelsohn's not on that table, uh, or at least I don't think he would be. Um, you know, so I think I think it's it's just one of those things where I, I just I don't know. I feel like getting to see Gaia at least mourn her dad was good, but I, I still felt felt like that whole, the way they sort of cut a lot of that out felt really sloppy. Um, you know, they sort of speed tracked fury learning of how Gaia survived. I thought that was pretty weak. And I think it's, I, I felt like it was just, a, it's a clearer look as to why this show is so messy in its back half. Um, mm-hmm. Again, still better than last week. I really hope they do something crazy for the finale, whether it's my theory or not, like uh, it just something like big, this, this, this mm-hmm. series needs to just do something big because I think the first two episodes really rocked my world. And I was like, I'm ready. And then they just sort of really just felt short uh, in these past few. So if they can just give us something that's even at a four uh, or a 4.5 would be, you know, would be amazing, but uh, mm-hmm. we'll have to wait and see. So three and a half out of five fresh eye patches, Sorry for whoever gets the half eye patch. Um, that's not going to do much for you. Just a strap. Just, no patch. Yeah, just like a little, yeah. Glue the sides to your eye. I don't know. Uh, all right, that is it for this week's episode of Watch Club for Marvel's Secret Invasion. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts, if you haven't already. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts or your predictions on the shows we cover in Watch Club, well, let me just put on this widow's veil and become Darcy. Uh, to let you know how you can reach us. Okay, hold on. Is it the Widow's Veil that does the voice, or does it it's do the, the one voice? that does the voice? It's the yeah. Okay. This is the third version of it. It's in beta testing or beta testing. Okay. Well, uh, if they want to write into us, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail That's wearegeekcentric at gmail Or if that's too much, like I mean, you said it earlier, but getting a plastic bag. Sh- crammed over your face Ouch. and tr- straight from behind, you can uh, reach out to us on Twitter at. Uh, Geekcentric YT or on Instagram at We Are Geekcentric, and we're also on Threads. We are at We Are Geekcentric, and join us in Discord. We like talking about this show, so keep it alive over there. Keep the conversation alive over there. Okay, uh, so I would thank you, Darcy, but that was all me. Uh, yeah, you even got my stumbles in, <laughs> right? Just Pretty good. Jeez, okay, I've been practicing. I've been practicing. I've been obviously I've been editing all these episodes, so I've been listening to your voice <laughs> quite a bit. Keep in mind, we have a ton of other episodes covering the latest and greatest shows and movies out now, including our recent spoiler-free reviews for Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer, The Bear season two, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning part one, The After Party season two, Netflix's Nimona, and Indiana Jones. And the Dial of Destiny. Plus, we have a great, uh, a great ton, a ton of great episodes, uh, interviews. <laughs> Listen, it's getting late. A, a ton of great interviews out now, like our most recent interview with the cast uh, and showrunner for Foundation, now in its second season on Apple TV+. Plus. I had a really great time chatting with showrunner David S. Goyer, cast members Leah Harvey, Cassian Bilton, Calvinder Gear, Laura Byrne, and yes, freaking Lee Pace. For you Marvel fans out there, Ronan the Destroyer. Uh, so if you're a fan of sci-fi, I highly recommend you check out the show and these interviews. And if you can't get enough of, of this show um, and, uh, and, and you know, uh, Gravik himself, we do have an interview with Kingsley Benadir uh, and director of the show, Ali Salim. So you can check out all those here on your podcast service of choice or over on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric. Um, the hot geek summer is getting even hotter. Uh, so join us in our Discord because we're going to want to talk about uh, this finale. We're going to want to talk mm-hmm. about all this stuff. Uh, and, you know, 
we've got some some coverage coming up very soon of some you know haunted mansion we got the the turtles are coming back to theaters with mutant mayhem teenage mutant ninja turtles uh totals uh mutant mayhem we have a giveaway <laughs> for teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem by the way going on right now uh on our twitter you can catch the tail end of that giveaway because i think it ends on the 25th so get in there quick on our twitter on our instagram if you want a chance to see it early and you live in one of the cities uh in, in that you'll see in that post um cool uh, but until then stay tuned to you know find out what's next for us uh darcy thank you so much for joining me for this watch club and as we say loud and proud darcy no loud and proud i'll say it i'll say it <laughs> scroll, scroll you later. later yeah